Hello and welcome to the Seascapes Colab podcast series. My name is Susie O'Hara and I'm a curator, educator and practice-based researcher exploring emerging models of cross-sector collaboration between art, innovation and society. I'm currently working in partnership with the Seascapes Time to Tease Shores and Seas Marine Heritage Project, Seascapes for short, which is generously funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund and University of Sunderland. For the past three years, I've been curator and lead researcher for Seascapes Colab, a multi-year creative engagement project that aims to scaffold creative experimentation between artists, researchers, marine heritage specialists and coastal communities living along the northeast coastline. The resulting creative experiences, participatory artworks and interactive exhibitions explore how we can better connect with our world and co-develop sustainable ways to care for our marine environment through art and creativity. Today we're going to deep dive into Coastal Cuisine, a project which explores the positive influence that diverse cultures have on our local food traditions within the coastal city of Sunderland. Join me as I reflect on the project with artist Mary Watson, food researcher Suzanne Hocknell and Fanny Nagambi, Operation Assistant for Friends of the Drop-In for Asylum Seekers and Refugees, otherwise known as FODI. You know, actually it gave me an eye-opener to say what's happening in Sunderland. Primarily I wanted us just to have a brilliant time, which has happened. Um, I wanted us to understand more about each other. It just felt like it was a group of friends coming together and, and having a great time. Everybody being from different backgrounds and different cultures brought in a real strong kind of conversation throughout the project. My name is Susie O'Hara and I am part of the Seascapes core team so I'm delivering a project called Seascapes Collab which is exploring the role of art making and curatorial processes in fostering novel connections between coastal communities and our marine heritage. So the main aims for the Coastal Cuisine project in the first instance were about connecting in with people who live in the coastal city of Sunderland. And what we wanted to do, so the the project emerged initially from conversations that I had with Sue Hocknell. I'm Suzanne Hocknell, I'm a researcher at Newcastle University and I work on the Seascapes project run by Durham County Council. My role within that project is on something called Foodscapes and we're exploring the food cultures, the food heritage and the food futures of the Durham Coast, time to tease. 
So it kind of came together quite naturally as a project idea. And I had already started to make some really great relationships with charities and organisations operating within the city. So Friends of the Drop-In for Asylum Seekers and Refugees, the Foodie Initiative, have done previous projects in my Sunderland Collab programme. And I was really delighted to be able to reach out to the international communities of Sunderland, ICOS, and a range of different organisations doing great work within the communities like back on the map. My name is Fanny Nagambi. I work for Fordi as an operation assistant. Fordi relishes on uh, the mental well-being of our clients and with that also we like working with communities uh, project in collaboration. So when uh, Sunderland University came up with this one we thought we would go for it. And so the aim really was about, you know, bringing together people around something that is a great convener, which is food. Everybody loves to eat and everybody has a relationship with food. So it was a great leveller to be able to bring international people at varying different stages in refugee status and asylum and also in kind of settled status in the city together and, and talk about something that everybody has passion around, which is generally eating nice things. So that was very much a kind of catalyst to, to think about how we can foster novel ways to get people to connect in with Sunderland's culture in relation to our coastal foodscapes. And when we were thinking it through, we were thinking, actually, you know, what do you need when you eat great food? You need great tableware basically. So it was a natural kind of evolution in terms of thinking about working with a ceramicist or a glass-based artist, we were looking at that too, and, and connect in with the National Glass Centre, which we were absolutely delighted to do. So from my side of things as a member of staff in Sunderland University and the Faculty of Arts and Creative Industries, to be able to work with colleagues within the National Glass Centre was a total joy for this project. And I was absolutely thrilled to be able to then support a kind of an emerging and rising star in the ceramic field, Mary Watson, to come in and just enable this this project to take flight. I'm Mary Watson. I'm the commissioned artist leading the Coastal Cuisines project and I have come in as a ceramicist, ceramic artist, um, to, to lead the group to develop a line of tableware that's influenced by our coastal landscape and the kind of changing food cultures uh, so looking at past present and future and using that all as inspiration to to create a set of tableware so the Coastal Cuisine grew out of the Foodscapes project. Because we're working at different parts up and down the coast, I wanted to focus specifically on Sunderland and its food cultures. So I'm interested in the sea as a connector, interested in how historically the sea has brought people together, but also has meant that food and cuisines have moved around the world. Because prior to roads, we would, we would travel much more by boat than we did inland. And so I knew about some of the history of the area I knew about the many plants that we eat, most of the plants that we eat that came from the Romans from all around their empire, all around the Mediterranean. I also knew about the fish smoking techniques that came with the Vikings, also about the history of the herring industry that linked the entirety of our coast from, from Aberdeen down to at least Lowestoft. 
So I know that we have a distinct food culture, but that, that's because it's always been influenced by other places, and it's how those things came together that makes Sunderland food about Sunderland. And so I wanted to do a project that thought about that heritage in the context of what Sunderland is now and brought together the people who are living in Sunderland now and their food cultures to think about our food futures. And as part of that, because of the history of glassware and ceramics in the area and how they themselves link to the food industry, we wanted to think about that idea of the table and eating together at the table that, that kind of linked together really nicely the ceramics and the food and the coastal living together in this project. So the start of the project was um, looking at how the food has evolved around the coast. So the first time was the planning to say how many community charities would be involved in that and I think Fordy jumped on it because we, we thought it's involving with the families and it was also something that we could expose our children to. The trips that were in, in there. Now the first one went to Sota Lighthouse. We saw how Sota Lighthouse was being used, you know, to bring in goods and other things. And then we went down to the sea coast, seeing the coast, how it has changed its shape, you know, the erosion and other things that, things that, wild things around the coast. It was amazing. And then the, the next trip, I think we went to the Oyster Project, seeing what the you know, Oyster Project is being done in the, the marina at uh, Sunderland, the children were fascinated what the oyster can do for the seabird and just what we can do as well. I think uh, my children came out and said, I think we have to look at ourselves, how we dispose litter uh, just to help with the oyster and the oysters, what they are doing. And it was amazing, I think, and an eye-opener to how we can be part of the environment, but also look after the environment just for the the sake of the wildlife and other things that help us as, as we go along with life. So for me, I guess I responded to a brief and was asked to come up with tableware that is along the, the kind of core themes of the project. So I kind of thought about the brief and about what was wanted and, and came up with a plan. Having worked within teaching and on different participatory projects before, I know that when people come to make ceramics, they want to be shown lots of different processes and just have a go at everything. So I decided that a good way of doing that, but also developing like a cohesive design of tableware would be to make everything chunky. Um, so to do a slab building process to make the plates, to, to do a throwing workshop on a potter's wheel and to do another hand building process. And with each process that we used, I encouraged people to make it thick and then on one of the trips that we went to which was to Suter Lighthouse on that coastline we looked at the the rocks and the cliff faces and they were very rugged and textured and ridged and um, so we brought that through and then we chopped the sort of chunky exterior edges of the plates and the bowls and the cups to kind of mirror that part of the coastline. Ceramics was a really good medium in a couple of different ways. Partly is around when you're working with table where people talk about what they would use the bowls for and how they would cook and, and how, how they would eat in the places, the countries that they may have come from and how they eat now and how that's shifted through different generations of their family depending on where they've lived and at what time. 
but also it was really interesting watching Mary work and the techniques that they used were very much like, like making food. So we rolled out slabs in something that looked like a pasta making machine to make flat slabs. And then the crimping and the way that we used, made the dumplings mirrored the way that we made some of the bowls and things in the, in the process. So it all generated, getting hands on with stuff, whether it's food or whether it was the clay, generated lots of conversations about food, how we cook food and how we live together and how important food is to kind of our sense of self. At the start, before we got into the, the making workshops themselves, we went on five trips. And on these trips, we did lots of drawings along the way. Um, so I encouraged people to work quite quickly and to not be too restrained with how they draw. Just draw, draw what you see and draw it quickly. And got these really lively, really nice responses to the activities and to what we were seeing and what we were engaging with. And I used these to connect in with Sunderland's heritage of lustreware, which is a type of type of ceramics known from Sunderland, famous across the world, which use something called luster, which is like a ceramic paint, metallic paint. So at the end, once we'd made the, the plates and the bowls and the cups in the workshops as a group, I asked participants to choose the different drawings that they wanted on their ceramics. And then I translated those using this gold luster onto the surface of the, the pottery themselves. So it kind of shows the journey of the whole workshop. And I guess the last thing that was kind of integral to the design and my application was to use QR codes. On Sunderland Luster, where they often have quotes or bits of, of history or narrative in text on the surface. And I thought a way of kind of a move on from that progression would be to use ceramic decals of a QR code and have that fired onto the, the plates themselves. So then you can scan that with your phone and get taken to a website which shares lots of the, the photography and film and drawings from the project so you get a real sense of the project as a whole within the, within the piece. So I kind of proposed a bunch of these things and the project evolved in different ways away from my plans and it all kind of came together in a really cohesive, lovely experience for everyone, I think, really. I was so happy how Mary carried us, you know, to say the children shouldn't be late, you know, to go. They'll feel, you know, left out. And just how she said, for health and safety, I think we would do the group for families and then the adults as well. So it was really good. And the turnout was amazing because every Saturday the children looked forward to go and play with clay and just to just coming out to make those things. You know, they would play with the clay, shape it in any way they can, and Mary was like, never mind, it will come out and I'll see what I can do with it. So it was really, really good for, for my children. And uh, for me, I think it brought back memories, you know, being born in uh, Britain or United Kingdom and coming here as a, a foreigner. This is what we used to do back home, you know, playing with clay, but we never used like to, to burn it and whatever, but just playing with clay, although it was different ones. So it was like, telling my children the story to say, I used to play with this, you know, just on a day to day. And for them, it's amazing that it can be something that they can use today as a tableware. And uh, in any ways, a refined way of things that I used to do. So it's good for me that it's easy. It made me easy to tell the story of my childhood to my children. That was really amazing about uh, the ceramics and the children are so happy today to see what they made and just to eat from the same uh, tableware. And some of them have been selected to be in the display, in the gallery, so which, which is really empowering to them. 
I think there's lots of crossover with with cooking and making with clay. There's lots of transferable skills, especially with baking as well and, and working with pastry and that kind of thing. You know, there's there's sort of set ways of working and then you can bring in your own creative flair to that. So you can see how that would work across baking and cooking as well. You've got your set parameters and processes that you use, but then you can add your own spices to the mix. I think it also untaps that tacit knowledge, that, that knowledge that you just know, but you don't know how you know, and that thinking through making. So really bringing yourself out of that intellectual space and into that embodied space kind of again just brings it into a different kind of experience that you feel rather than think and I think all of those things you know when you think about food it's about the smell it's about you know how you kind of how that makes you feel how you respond to these kind of sensory stimuli and I think when you're talking about making and you know responding to something visually or through something that you're touching and feeling and shaping you know it just brings you into a different kind of zone to kind of engage with something in a different kind of way. I think the pottery brought it all together to say you know actually it gave me an eye-opener to say what's happening in Sunderland because we also came, I think, visited the museum, the displays that are there. I didn't know that most of the things were made here because it's, it's never like something that you can find out there, like in the streets, you know, like uh, High Street and know about. But just to come into the museum and see the display and then to have hands-on to make like something similar, which I think is not similar, but something to what was made here. I see the richness of Sunderland, you know, despite that certain things are, are shading off and miss, missing out. But still you can see the richness to say there's still that heritage of, you know, the pottery being preserved. And I, I hope it can carry on for the, for the next generation, which is really good and amazing because the next generation needs that. They need to learn that this is used to happen and, uh, and to, to keep it going. And then I think the Costa Cuisine just highlighted that for, for me and I think for most of uh, our clients and our children, really. So today we've we've come together to to celebrate the the culmination of of the project. Um, so we're here at Winter Gardens Museum, and they've hosted us to come together and share a meal, which has been made by a, a small group of our participants in the project, in partnership with a cookery school called Life Kitchen, which is based out of the Mowbray Park, and it's been an opportunity to bring all of the ceramics that we've made throughout the project as well as the drawings and to kind of I guess host a kind of let's say banquet. Everybody had their own play setting with the ceramics they made. Participants that maybe didn't come to the ceramic sessions had had a set for, for themselves to take away as a memento as well. So we've come together eating delicious food that was kind of a fusion menu um, inspired by the different cooks backgrounds and then eaten them off our tableware washed them up and taken them away so everyone's got their own their own tableware set from the project. I'm so happy to reach this wonderful point in our project where we all come together in this wonderful meal but I'm also sad that this is the last time that we're maybe going to be in this space sharing food again. 
We started our project with a meal and we end it with a meal as well. But this meal is a little bit different to the first potluck lunch that we all gathered around in Back on the Map. Um, this meal has been devised and prepared by our wonderful participants here in the room. And we're all here in this wonderful space in the Sunderland Museum in Winter Gardens celebrating the wonderful journey we've all been on during this coastal cuisine programme. We, we ate nothing but herring until 50 years ago, and now we don't eat herring anymore. Um, and I learned about seaweed farming in Taiwan, Taiwan, and we've lost our seaweed culture completely, almost in the UK. But most of all, what I've learned is from the very first meal when we had that potluck, the kind of ways that you all cook and eat and enjoy and love food is just so inspiring, which is so great, why it's been so great to cook all this food for you. So in, in developing the menu, we, we had discussions around the places that we've been to. So we visited the Fish Key, we went to see the Oyster Nursery, we went down to Suta, and thinking about what we saw there in relation to foods that people love from their home countries. And so we brought them together. So shrimp is a really common food, or used to be a really common food around here. It's found in the North Sea. And that mirrored the shrimp, although it would be a different species in, in Chinese dumplings, so we used that there. I'm trying to make a dumpling, a shrimp dumpling, because uh, I know quite a lot of friends, uh, they, they don't have a Chinese heritage like me. I'm from Taiwan, and they just uh, go to, went to the kind of Chinese supermarket to buy. So I think it's very interesting to show people how to make a dumpling. A herring. Herring was in Shuba, which we, the, round here, herring was all anyone ate. Herring was that until 50 years ago, all the songs about herring. If you talk to older people, they talk about eating herring in every possible form smoked, dried, fried, pickled. But we've lost that herring culture, so it was really interesting to see that still being celebrated in, in food from you know, people from Russia. Uh, we cook. Um, I don't know how it's going to be in, in English, but it's like, oh, it's called herring, with, uh, herring in coat. So it's like layers of like potatoes, uh, carrots and some baked fruit. And also we're going to make a pie. And so it was just linking in some of the things that we've lost that were part of our food heritage but have slipped away. I love fish. Not only that, I love cooking. To cook something, I feel it is empowering and also to see people enjoy what you have cooked. That makes my day. So it's, it's a lovely project and it's, it's nice that we started with food and we have ended with on a food note. <laughs> you know, apart from that we're talking about the cost, but incorporating food in it has been a worthwhile. It was just such a fitting end. It was just such a fitting end to a fantastic project, I think. The atmosphere in the space was just so 
enthusiastic and it's been like that from day one you know, we, we started off the project with a potluck lunch where we invited people to bring a dish that represented you know what they generally eat and what they generally like to eat and we ended it, you know with this fusion menu that have brought together in such a kind of interweaved way all of the different stories and backgrounds and you know flavors that that, that have come from this group it just was so fitting that it's come together in such a great way, I think. People were just really enthused by the whole experience. And I think what was really nice about it was that it just felt like it was a group of friends coming together and, and having a great time. The other thing that's lovely about this project was that you know it's intergenerational. So the families, the children, the friends, it's kind of grown, it's contracted, people can come, people can come, you know, can't come. But the, the, the kind of energy in the project has just been so lovely and, and you really had a sense of that today when people were celebrating the end of the project. I mean, it really was with a smile and a frown that, you know, we kind of had today happen um, because I am really going to miss this group, I think. I'm going to really miss working with them uh, because it's just been a brilliant experience. I think the, the participant group as well, like the were just amazing. We're talking about how we all fed in in different ways, but everybody being from different backgrounds and different cultures brought in a real strong kind of conversation throughout the project, talking about the foods we eat now, the, the foods we ate in our home countries, and um, I guess just everybody involved loved food, loved meeting each other, and loved making and, and getting to know Sunderland more as well. So I think the themes of the project, working with clay, talking and making food and yeah, connecting with the coastlines it all kind of just really sparked off off each other and just really, really worked and the participants were just a kind of joy to, to work with and they were uh, I think I think I got the impression they had a great time. So <laughs> My kind of research in this space is very much about exploring models of collaboration that can bring together diverse knowledge and areas of expertise in the most kind of non-hierarchical way possible. So, you know, our food expert Sue Hocknell is on par with Hilo, our chef from Afghanistan, who's on par with our curator in the museum who told us about the Lusterware collection who's on par with the guys leading the Wild Oyster Project down in the marina. So it's not necessarily about weighting one set of knowledge against another. It's about bringing these things together in an equitable way to really consider different routes in to this heritage and unlocking what people can respond to in that space. And I think bringing together all of these different kinds of people, and I think the project did evolve really quite organically with community projects and with projects that are participatory in nature, you know, you, you have a, a kind of semi-structure and within that structure, you know, anything can happen. And what's wonderful about this project is I think most things happened, but in a really productive way. People really took an ownership of it. People really felt like this was their project. And I think having people like Mary and like Sue and organizations like Fodi who really understand participation 
were fundamental to the success of this project and to the success of enabling people to really take agency, to claim their agency in this space. So I think for me it was about how do you do that? How do you, how do you open up a space for that to happen? And you can only do it in collaboration, you can only do it in partnership. And for us I think it was you know, the, the making, the visits, the points of inspiration and the respect that the group had for each other and their kind of growing understanding of their local Sunderland heritage because, you know, we're, we're really fundamental to making this work, I think, in the way that it did. Primarily, I wanted us just to have a brilliant time, which has happened. Um, I, I wanted us to understand more about each other. Some of the participants haven't been in Sunderland very long, some only kind of eight or nine months, and it was learning more about our coastal history and learning more about connections. I mean, as I said, so the history, certainly of the coast and a little bit, little bit further north in terms of the Shields fort, the people who built that fort, the carpenters, the master craftsmen, came from Syria and Turkey, which ties in quite well to some of the people who are our participants. And it was thinking about how movement is nothing new we've always done this this is this is how we've spread around the world and and thinking about how the same with food that no foods do not belong to one particular place we've always shared backwards and forwards and so yeah learning from each other learning about Sunderland learning how Sunderland can influence the food of people who've moved here and how have their food and techniques can influence us for the better as well I think for me um alongside a, a kind of deeper understanding of Sunderland and our coastal heritage I think maybe feeling like they belong a little bit more like they feel like they are part of that cultural heritage now maybe in a way that they didn't before they certainly I think have made some great friends together working across different communities so not just kind of people coming from a Fodi perspective but mixing that community with other international communities in the in the city has been a really important outcome for this um, so fostering those relationships and just let you know I think I think for me um, what I'm really hoping that people take away from the project it you know are really fond memories of what what kind of engaging with creativity can do for you what kind of experiences that it can offer and that actually thinking through our coastline and caring about our coastline comes from engaging with it in a visceral way, in a tangible way, you know. Because I don't think you really care about something unless you foster a relationship with it. So for me, this project is all about relationships, relationships between the participants, relationships between the participants and our local foods and how their foods relate to our foods here in Sunderland, those organisations that have never maybe connected before, have now connected, engaging with people like the, the museum and Life Kitchen, and just kind of, you know, catalyzing the generosity within that, within those relationships. And so, yeah, I think it's about relationships for me in terms of what people take away. I hope they've all kind of built a relationship with each other and that they've kind of built a community around the project. And a, I guess a maybe a deeper connection to, to Sunderland and where they're living now and can come away from the project with more knowledge about, about our coastlines and about how you make with clay and uh, yeah, and that kind of thing.
It was an eye-opener, especially with the Oyster project, to say, you know, this is what is happening. And then the way he was showing us to say there's a lot of rubbish as well in the seabed, and they, we're trying to do this so that we can build up the seabed, and the other things that, you know, the, 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 where the nurseries are, the rubbish that was there, that he was saying, we don't need this, we don't need this around. It was an eye-opener to see that. So the, the Coastal Cuisine uh, project was worthwhile to go to, go to and see that. We, we can't do much, but we have uh, something that we can do, like uh, how much rubbish, how we dispose it. And uh, I've lived in some parts of uh, England, and when I came, I think, in Sunderland, the other disappointing thing that my children we, we, we realize is the negligence of people just, whether there's a bin somewhere, but they decide to leave rubbish somewhere. You see what I mean? And I am so cautious, and I hope that I can pass that on to my children to say, at least find a bin put it in the bin, rather than it just gets and gets washed away and then the cost suffers that. Because we need the beach to be clean for the children. You know, because summer is coming, we're looking forward to taking the children and each one of us wants to be there, you know, to, to enjoy that. So if it's dirty and if that goes into the sea, then how much are we impact are we having on it as uh, people are living around the coast? So I think we can help in a little way that we can. Yeah, from my perspective, quite a lot of the participants have, have come and asked if there's any way that they could do more ceramics and do more making. So I would love to maybe develop a, another project that works with this cohort of, of people doing more making and more, more working with ceramics as a medium. So I'll maybe take a bit of a breather from this one and then kind of go to the drawing board and see what I can come up with and see if we can get some funding to support it. From my side of things, what's been amazing is that what we've been able to do with Seascapes CoLab is augment and extend the Foodscapes research project that's been led by Newcastle University and the team there, and really embed and, and, and root it in the communities of Sunderland. I think that we've you know, done a huge amount in terms of generating new knowledge and insights for Sue and for her research, which has been fantastic. I think we've been able to really kind of catalyze uh, the participants' imagination in terms of what our coastal heritage it looks like and feels like here in Sunderland. One of the great things to come out of this project has been the museum here has one funding to do another project that's based on an artefact coming to the museum from the British Museum. And they've explicitly asked to engage with this particular group on the back of the success of this project. So they've been really supportive, they've hosted our final event here and they're really keen to continue this relationship that has been built by this particular group of participants. Um, so for, for those kinds of things, um, maybe the, the funding has kind of come to an end in terms of our particular coastal cuisine project, but those relationships are going to still endure and develop and, and be hooked into different opportunities for FOSI and the museum and other people outside as well. So, so I think in terms of the research that's come out of it, in terms of the, the kind of um, experiences that people have had, they all feed in for, and feed forward in terms of opportunities, you know, that can evolve.
don't need to make it like this. I'll go in the village and I'll post milk somewhere. Leaves. Leaves. Yeah, made of leaves. Thank you. 